Wait, yes, I'm recording. Yeah. Keep that. Let me get your full. There you go. Ah, there we go. Ah, uh, yes. Peek cat. Uh huh. Oh, oh. She's gonna clean herself. Oh, never mind. She wants privacy now. Just clean yourself. Let me block that real quick. There <laughs> yeah, we go. Let's let's be legally redacted. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to get another strike on YouTube. Uh, uh. <laughs> okay, yeah, but no. You best believe. Best believe. We're going to while we're talking about the Tim view Tim pool thing. We're gonna have the video and picture in picture. Just muted. Oh, oh. Hello, humans, and welcome to Audio Face. We're gonna have a podcast about the music, news, and culture that mostly matters. I'm Sean. I'm Dan. This is episode 242 of this fine established podcast. And uh, we've got a doozy for you all today. Uh, we got three album reviews we're gonna do. We got the Forever Story by Jid. We got Loving Memory by Black Bear and Will the People by Muse. Um, speaking of Will the People by Muse, we did release our uh, bonus episode, so go ahead and check that out before listening to this review. We did a little deep dive on all of the Muse records leading up to this album and then our shared stories of our past stuff with Muse and everything and that can kind of lead up to you hearing this review and then actually leading up to the record as well. Yeah, um, so be sure to check that out. Whether you listen to it before or afterwards, we've just unlocked it for <clears throat> whether you're a Syndicate 23 member or not. Um, yeah. It's cool because you get the entire discography of Muse, our changing opinions on Muse, how we both experienced them as kids, as friends, etc. And a clip from the very, very first episode of Audio Face, which I listened to and it was like, I had to actually cut it down because it was good enough to just like leave in the full thing because we were just like breaking down, dig down very well. So I'm amazed we came that hard in the paint for episode one. 241 episodes later, uh, things have happened and we are ready to begin. <laughs> yeah, um, we start off with singles and uh, speaking Jesus of Christ. doozies, <laughs> uh, speaking of doozies, we, we got only ever wanted by Tim Cast. Um Tim Cast. I don't even know how to begin with this, <laughs> dude, but Tim Cast is yeah, go for is it, a dude. Is is a guy who wears beanies a lot. Um, he doesn't a, like to debate Sam Cedar. Will absolutely refuse to debate Sam Cedar along with Dennis Prager. Uh, he is a right wing YouTube commentator. Uh, is frequently uh, referenced on Joe Rogan. A lot of other people like that. You know, those are the circles he's swimming in. And yeah, his beanie probably smells a lot. Anyways, um, I encourage people on all of their artistic endeavors, artistic endeavors. And I really appreciate that we have now Tim Cast releasing this song, Only Ever Wanted. Um, we have some of the song here. Staring at the heartache in my soul is I fell to pieces and to the one you're leaving for there's only one thing i want you to know is that i and as we're kind of talking through it we will have some parts of the music video which thank god he and it looks like some of his friends star in but good god this is a heaping pile so what did you think about it to begin with it's pretty brutal. It's about what you would expect if I told you, hey, Tim Pool made an emo punk rock song. <laughs> yeah, it's just bad. Like, 
It's just something that like you would hear in you know the mid aughts, and you were bleaching your hair and literally burning it of how much you were trying to use a straightener and all of that. Um, and you would think it was really cool at that time. That's what that's that's who would like this. S- people in the scene world. It's it's not even that. It's <laughs> we'll get into some of the broader reactions to it. Um, I'll get to some of the other parts of the video shortly. But I did want to go into how fans are raving, just absolutely raving about this new release here, as was noted on Twitter. Um, one of the YouTube comments, remember, these are some of his fans. He released it on his channel, which was kind of amazing. says, not my cup of tea, but solid production value and clearly loads of other people are enjoying. <laughs> Next. Tim, I won't lie and say this is an amazing song. <laughs> it's probably just a good song at best. What's important that you're having fun and you're doing what you want. You know, if you're having fun, you won. Uh, coming from Tim Pool, the guy who always talks about people who just get trophies for participation. Yeah. This song isn't exactly my bag, but the drums are really nice. Keep them coming, Timmy P. It's just rough, like... Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty brutal. <laughs> Him singing is hilarious, by the way. Like absolutely everything I ever wanted. I can't I believe he committed to falsetto. I just really Yeah, deadass. I wouldn't think he would. I wouldn't advise him to do that. <clears throat> Nevertheless, he persisted. <laughs> and not a good know, falsetto. Yeah, it's so much. Listen, my falsetto is not what it used to be. I'm, I'm not going to speak for you, Sean. You're like wonderful uh, honey mustard voice. But like it's... <laughs> but I... If I were to jump into the music space, which we've joked about doing, I would probably know my vocal range a bit better. I probably just wouldn't even do vocals. I, I've written lyrics before, and I think they're just like horrendously corny. So I probably just wouldn't even do that. I'll definitely just like stick to what I'm good at. This music video also, the song, I think the worst part of it, it just has a long buildup. It doesn't really build up until three minutes in. And it's just this, you know, typical rock ballad. The room is sort of like crashing and eventually it ends with this like couple or whatever arguing and the guy gets left. The woman crashes into a car like right here like bang yes and so like the the reason i point out those details are kind of because if you go into some of the old hits of tim pool uh where he's talking about you know this is a song that's kind of about relationships i guess and how someone leaves him (laughs) I mean, some of the lyrics are actually pretty fucking terrible. And by terrible, I mean just, like, poor quality. Because the lyrics are, like, the chorus is, Did you know I left you there, staring at the heartache in your soul as your heart fell to pieces? That <laughs> so was pointed out by other people, but, like, repeating heartache and heart is such a strange sort of, just like, poor lyricism. Something that Eve Six actually pointed out. <laughs> um, Here we go. Or Eve Six is a band that kind of makes this kind of scene emo rock music, and they caught wind that Tim Pool made this song, and Eve Six very much didn't like it. 
he, he was uh, uh, apparently deleted tweets where the Eve Six singer basically was just like ripping it to shreds, saying it was just terrible. Um, we have this like one Discord post here where he's saying, or someone's saying, I like to see you tell that's my big brother Eve Six. Are you bringing Matchbox 20 to consult your next album? Maybe Nickelback? How about Third Eye Blind? Maybe you can cover some Sublime songs while you're at it. For someone who is part of an evolution media, you should have the most unsophisticated tastes. Headline, man <laughs> rapidly approaching middle-aid courts has been bands of bygone era to pad out songs that only appeal to fifth graders in 2006. Meanwhile, Tim Pool says, Eve 6 is a multi-platinum bat that has 1.6 million followers on Spotify. You guys are just nasty people. All you have is spitting on other people to make yourselves feel better about having accomplished nothing. Tim Pool was having tweeted, like, the thing that kind of brought this was saying, I said I liked Eve 6. This is how they respond. They don't actually care about the music, mine or anyone else's. It's all partisan. They just want you to hate whoever what it is because they really just hate you. Uh, no, Tim Pool. One, this is a terrible song. Two, I hate you. <laughs> In that order. <laughs> we have a storied history on this podcast for people oh, like yep. Tim Pool. For... A, create music, B, go on Twitter, C, <laughs> complain <laughs> about reactions to who they are or their music, and D, as like a sort of, you know, extra sort of bonus, if you're a white man who has like no real need to complain about any sort of clout or attention you get. Sean, would you like to do the honors? Yeah, you get nominated for the Not A Little Bitch Award. So uh, <laughs> t- uh, Tim Poole, aka Tim Cast, is uh, nominated for the... The prestigious audio face, not a little bitch word. We didn't even have to fight for it. Like, we really wanted just to give out to him for the, many things, which we'll talk about in a second. This is the R. We, Kelly, like, not a little bitch word, by the way. The, yeah, yeah, the R. Kelly, the no, no, the Robert Kelly, not a little bitch word. More on that later. Um, and the whole point of the original award five years ago was for white males who quit Twitter because they got bullied or something like that. Or they just weren't self-aware of themselves. This is why, like, Maddie Healy had to get a technicality of getting on the No Little Bitch Award. Like, just, if you go in those parameters, you have to be nominated. We didn't have to reach for Tim Pool. He just served it up to us on a platter and said, I hear Gary's you way. Like, serving up Gary's way. Dean. Beautiful. So... Let's watch what we're kind of like been waiting to tee up. This is another noted little bitch moment that we probably would have reached to get for Tim Pool anyways. But um, let's just watch one of the classics. And trust me, this is barely taken out of context. It really isn't taken out of context. Most of the context that you need is there. I can't possibly have babies because of climate change. Right, which is nonsense. No, of course. I do think it's crazy that I'm about to be 34 and I have no family. Because my my dad had two kids by the time he was 27. Yeah. And I'm like, man... You know what? You know what the problem is, though. It's definitely not me. Mm-hmm. I think it's everybody else. Yeah, <laughs> I can't possibly. Have- <laughs> Beautiful thing it's, ever. It's everybody else. It's everybody because this is in the context. The full thing because I watched it this morning just to remind myself. This is basically feminists ruining dating. And Tim Pool yeah. was saying, oh, yeah, I can date uh, anyone who's under the age of 30 really easily. But over the age of 30, anyone who wants to start a family, they're just too career-oriented. So they're just, you know, not for me. Does the beanie stay on during sex, Tim? Is that why they're not for you? Is that why they're really leaving you? Uh, 
<laughs> that was. Oh man, I've been wanting to do that for a while. That's just like beautiful poetry and fucking motion. Seriously, like goddamn. Yeah. Also, some other classics. There was a recent time he said that no amount of children should strip him of his Second Amendment rights. Uh, no amount of dead children. That's what I meant. That was his reaction to the Uvalde shooting. Um, also, that. Man. Also, he retweeted someone's post that said that Joe Rogan should just reclaim the N word in reaction to um, his N word controversy earlier this year. Joe Rogan uh, noted white Bostonian should reclaim the N word. Anyways, uh, that's Tim Pool, everyone. A noted little bitch. That'll be very fun for the rest of the year when we do the noted little bitch awards. Really quick plugs. Uh, Powerport 53. These are going by really fast. Did it with Yasmin Khan. We covered all of the good and bad from the student debt uh, relief things. And we just sort of had a really kind of chill conversation with chat, which I'm liking how we're doing this kind of on Thursday evenings, just like kind of recuperating from the week uh, in life and also just talking about weird political things. Uh, We talked about how the Finnish uh, leader getting shit for dancing was one of the most ridiculous things ever. Anyways, become a Syndicate 23 member so you don't miss any of those things. Content.syndicate23.co. Join.syndicate23.co. Um, and our 2022 playlist. Uh, it's in the description of everywhere we have. And everything that... Every spot... Every, ah, let me... Words. Every song that we like will be on the playlist. <laughs> um, so you can check it out in the description there. Let's begin with the news, because every time I just, like, look at this story, I, it just breaks my brain. Here's the story of what everyone's been talking about this week in music. We're definitely not the first to talk about this. But this is an AI rapper known as FN Mecca. And basically, people didn't understand what this was. They had a lot of criticisms to what this was. And so I thought it would make sense to kind of start with uh, TikTok explainers about one minute long that we can go through to get a basic gist of it because it, it, it's a lot to process the ideas, um, the ramifications of it. Um, and we're going to right now because there's been a lot of updates. This yeah. rapper no longer has their team behind them, their label behind them. They're a virtual person. That That's a lot of ethical questions. And maybe we'll answer the uh, age-old question once and for all, are computers allowed to say the N-word? Anyways... <laughs> Uh, let's jump in with the explainer right here. I've been warning about for months is officially coming true. This is FN Mika, an AI avatar rapper with over 10 million followers on TikTok, and he was signed to Capital Music Group. The topics he raps about are incredibly sensitive to the black community, such as police brutality, and he even uses racial slurs in his lyrics, except the human behind this avatar isn't black. As I've said time and time again, avatars present an opportunity to exploit marginalized identities. And if we aren't careful, this could become a massive societal problem. People speaking on behalf of and misrepresenting experiences they've never had to go through. Yeah, one of the photos that we have here, just while it's paused, is, yeah, this rapper released, like, a promo thing of, like, him getting beaten by a cop. <laughs> and, like, in some images, he's more, like, white-shaded than other images. But there are some aspects of this that you sort of want... I sort of want to clear the arrow. That's why I said the TikTok kind of gets you, like, 75% of the way there. So, basically, at this point, we are at... A place where Capitol Records has entirely severed ties or chosen to sever ties with this rapper, more or less. And 
it's because <laughs> it's created so much controversy. People don't like the fact that, well, there's a number of reasons it's created controversy. A, let's clear the air on one thing. Is this an AI rapper? Is it an AI voice? Actually, no. It's voiced by a black person, but it only gets worse from there. So basically, uh, the rapper's name is Kyle the Hooligan. He is voice the artist, and he is from Houston. And he said the people behind the project who are not white, I think it's like one white guy and two Asian brothers, who were originally behind the idea and sort of like designed it and sort of like thought, okay, yeah. we're going to have like a viral AI TikTok rapper. We just need a voice for it. Um, the black guy behind it never got paid, apparently. <laughs> what in the fuck? Yeah, so... Um, he says, basically, according from Pitchfork, in a video posted to an offic- his official Instagram account, and then in a subsequent interview with Vice, Kyle said that Lee, or he alleged that Lee enlisted him to voice the character, promised him, quote, equity into the company, percentages, and then ghosted him prior to signing, to Mecca signing with Capital. And the creators used his voice, his sound, and the culture and literally just left him high and dry. Kyle continued, and I quote, I didn't get a dime off nothing, and they got record deals. Oh, yeah. That's how it works. It, 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 this is, like, multiple layers kind of screwed up. So, with what really happened before we get into, like, the high-level, like, mm-hmm. psychology of it, um, I saw a good point from a YouTuber, FD Signifier, who I've been getting to his videos lately, and... With Capitol Records almost signing this artist, they're kind of, this is the next evolution of big music's relationship with black artists or capitalism's relationship with black musicians, which is Mm -hmm. you already take these artists, you exploit their experiences, their traumas, their lives for content and video production. You're often like working them very hard. Um, You know, there are folks who make it upper in the echelons, but I was going to talk about later in the members portion, uh, Artists like Megan The Stallion and Offset are even upset with what their labels are having them do and how, how they're working with. Not all those yeah. people at the top are like white, but like these, exactly to say these are forces of capitalism that look to exploit largely black artists because black artists mm-hmm. are the ones making a lot of money in America, especially. And so by having an AI artist, you are taking away the need to even have a black person involved in that. So you're just exploiting the experiences and then like copying the music because you're taking AI, having it compare just a lot of rap music that's existing and making it computer generate lyrics and ideas and songs like that. Apparently it was loosely based off of six, nine, which is just like a phenomenal touch that just like makes this even a layer worse. That is wondrous. (laughs) Like, I don't, we don't usually have like a flaming hot shit show of the year award but like maybe this is the worst music flat scorched earth etc cetera, etc cetera, 2022 that we can throw in here because this is like firefest as an artist and so what ultimately happened is that capital records which had signed this artist had tie had severed ties with them after videos started showing up on tiktok and other aspects of social media showing this ai artist or this ai musician again using the n-word which people had a lot of controversies about because people didn't understand that there was a black artist behind this, but there kind of mm. wasn't a black artist behind this. There are basically non-black artists behind this, and they're having this AI use a black artist's voice to say the N-word. 
Yep. It's sort of like there's that TikTok voice, that TikTok woman computer voice that makes into a lot of things. Uh, The actual woman behind it was trying to sue the company, I think, or like it was was one of these like tech companies trying to like voices trying to sue a tech company because she hated how her voice was being used to say things she didn't like. Um, This is another case of that here. The people behind it just seem like, uh, you know, tech or finance bros from the appearance of this who clearly didn't have a lot of foresight into how this could offend people. Um, I'll also note, just for the record, that there was a recently released single, Florida Water, featuring Gunna, that has now gone private. So, like, of course, a Gunna track <laughs> brings it down. <laughs> like, Sean, did you not just... Dis- There's levels to this, man. <laughs> This is so bad. Oh God! This was so bad. Um, it's just wondrous. It's such an abs- it's the amount of stupidity that goes on with these things is laughable. It's kind of just not even like stupidity. It's how many st- one of those corporate things was had to go through steps. It's had to go through the decision making process. Yeah. Where people decided were like, oh, this is a good idea. Oh, we actually want to do this. And not only that, like. We actually have a report from a 2021 interview and a friend of the show, Music Business Worldwide, Slim Pickens, where one of the founders spoke about launching Factory New, which was this label that was behind FN Mecca before he got signed to Capitol, saying, quote, bragging, essentially, the old model of finding talent is inefficient and unreliable. It requires spending time scouring the internet, traveling to shows, flying to meetings, expending resources, all in search of the magic combination of qualities that might translate into a superstar act. What you're saying is you don't want to do the work of finding talent, of finding people. When it's yep. easier than exactly. ever, it's easier than ever, if, you, if it's your job, if, it's your, if you're paid, just like go on the internet and find artists and then find the really good ones and just connect with them. I'm not, I won't go as far as say this is an easy job, but you start to run against, and now we'll get into the 50,000 foot view part of the conversation, like, this is taking the artist out of the art to the point where, I mean, at bare minimum, these people who are going through these experiences, like your Kendrick Lamars, your Jids, your Megan Thee Stallions, your Offsets, whatever, they at least get paid not enough as many of their arguments are alleging all the time, but they're at least getting some amount of money for that, for that work. Here, that money is just even more blatantly going to the record labels, the streaming services, the existent, like, money-grabbing entities in the music industry. So, can AI say the N-word? Technically, in this case, it wasn't... It was like a black AI. So... No, <laughs> because I think, yeah, yeah, I, I think we should just leave that word to the human realm and leave that word to, like, the human African descendant realm. Once you start to leave AI in it, even if it's designed by black people, the AI eventually has a mind of its own, and it may not understand those contexts. And, uh, and to paraphrase Muhammad Ali, uh, ain't no Macintosh ever called me nigga. <laughs> 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 anyway with that moving we, on yeah 
We go on our first album review of the day, serving up Carrie's Way. The Forever Story by Jid. It is 15 songs, 59 minutes long, almost an hour, even an album. Um, and it's interesting because with rap and everything we've been getting a lot this year, you know, we've been getting a lot of good rap records, a lot of good hip hop records. Um, One of the most interesting years production wise and music wise in rap in a while, because you have underground artists and above ground (laughs) pop artists starting to incorporate electronic more and more. Yep. And with this record, you get a really nice combination between old school and new school. A lot of really nice early aughts beats, some trap thrown in there, even some um, groove, some funk uh, thrown in there, all, all the features and whatnot. We'll get to those in a second. Trap but, and B, Island Feel stuff. Yeah, Trap and B, yeah. And with that, it's like you, this to me is almost like the accumulation of the year of what is the state of of rap music in 2022? Like, what is the sounds that we can get? And you get a lot of the sounds in the Forever Story. Um, I really enjoyed this record, top to bottom. I enjoyed the features. It was a like star set of cast for the features. Like, you get um, Earth Gain, Twenty One Savage, Baby Tate. You get Lil Durk. You get Ari Lennox, Yasin Bay, Mustaf, Lil Wayne. Most yeah, exactly. He's Mustaf. Um, uh, Kenny Manson. You get just a star-studded cast of features, and they all go well together. Like, everybody compliments it really well. I'll say star-studded, but yes, star-studded, but compliments it very well because something we are now seasoned enough of a podcast to be able to say we curate three albums a week for our audience. DJ Khaled also released an album this week. Fuck that. Yeah, we're absolutely not talking about that. No. It had every single star under the sun and around the sun because the sun is also a star. (laughs) Uh, As DJ Khaled will also tell you that his son is a star. (laughs) See what I did there? And it was terrible. Everyone hated it. Everyone felt like it was a flop. And you... It's not about having big names and flashy names. It's about what they actually contribute to a record and how the collaboration really works and makes all of them shine. This is case in point. Case in point, exactly. Yep. You get, and they are very broad artists. I mean, example, Ari Lennox to Yasin Bey. Like, that's totally different people, but they complement those. I was skipping ahead. But in the middle, middle of the record, you get those two tracks back to back, but they fit each other very, very well. The way the transitions are in this record are great. You have a lot of songs that switch up halfway through, like a Crack Sandwich. Um, really like that track. Halfway through, it changes to a completely different song, and that's kind of a thing you get through this record. But it's not done in a corny way. It's done in a really like thought-provoking way and the way it would flow through the record. Yeah. So really, I actually enjoy that. To, to skip around, to just mention that point, the track Stars with Yasin Bey, which there's a lot of this album that feels very inspired by Most Def in a lot of ways. More on that yes. later. Um, and I can see a lot of parallels by Jid kind of wearing that inspiration. A lot of other artists on here wearing the inspiration on their chest. So it feels like this is a crown jewel of the record. But yeah, Yassine Bey's part sounds largely entirely different from Jid's part. Trust your vision. Trust your vision. But I don't even feel a thing no more. I set my goals and I'm prepared. We'll be there. And now, a word from my ancestors. Man, I, I like these new slaves. 
Your chain hanging, bling, swinging back, breaking, but it's gleaming. Problem posture, double cup leaning, slide, slouching tiger, pimping, dragging on swagger. And that's yep. one of those switch ups that. You know, I, I've talked about this with Baby Keem as well. I think Baby Keem's aesthetic is a lot more trappy, a lot more chaotic. Yeah. I'd say a little more electronic. And, and in a lot of good ways, Baby Keem's one of my favorite artists right now. But I think that sometimes those transitions are a little bit jarring. This transition's going to take a little more connecting or like getting used to for me. However, mm-hmm. I appreciate the way that the instrumentation lends itself to this because it's a lot more chill. It's a lot more laid back. It has like a, you know, a, a jitty earth gangy kind of groove to it. Like a funk, like almost like Island low key kind of groove that still feels energetic. That's what I really like yeah. about the instrumentation of this record, especially that, that kind the of production is uh, amazing. Yeah. The record. And I, I don't really like, because it's not as electronic as I think represents a lot of 2022 rap. I don't know if it says like, what you were saying like the state of 2022 rap right now but i think lyrically yes as far as like the flows the patterns like rhythmically what people are doing like i really appreciated how in surround sound which also has the sample that uh miss fat booty uses from miss fat booty exactly and it was funny when i heard that with 21 i was like oh my god he's a miss fat booty i'm like that's great yeah that's an aretha franklin sample originally i'm pretty sure it makes around sounds pussycat on my lap push it back and go to town down putting rap on my back and i'm black and snatching crowns i know And Jed kind of he, he opens the song in a Twenty One Savage flow kind of way, and we've talked mm-hmm. about artists. Even Drake does a pretty good job of complimenting the featured artists that he has in his work. I think Jed did that to a T here. Every song felt like a phenomenal collaboration of Meeting of the Minds and allowed artists that I felt are even a little bit lacking this year to shine. Um, I have even more on that later, but Sean, I'll let you speak. Yeah, the thing I love about this album is it's, to me, it's not top or or bottom heavy at all. It plays Mm -hmm. through very well. There's not much filler at all. Like There's a lot of different themes you get through. You get some trappy stuff. But no, none of it is stacked together where it just it gets boring. There's so many different sounds and different styles that you get through it. You get this beautiful, nice roller coaster of a record throughout it where it's just it's it goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down with the style, like the flows, the features, everything about it is really nice. Um, the bottom of the record is fantastic. I really like Lil Wayne's feature, which I haven't liked yes. in the feature in a little while. Yes, that's I what I was going to get to. Where I'm like, get, get like this like return of like old school Lil Wayne that I really like. I'm like, hell yeah, get me more. Because the past couple of features, it's been all right. And then his last record was all right. So, but with this, I'm like, oh, this is the flow I like with him. It's not just him just going nah, 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 for a whole song. So, he actually could really get his flow, get the lyrics down. It was great. And he's one uh, of those, he's one of the few like old heads 
who truly can keep up with the youngins, like with how fast yes. he can rap, how fast he can go. Like, I mean, again, I think you have to rev him up and get him there, but I think that goes to say that Jid and Kenny Mason and the other producers who worked on this record did a good job of making it not just uh not to make this an extreme, but like a DJ Khaled, we bought Lil Wayne a track, like we, we bought a little rain feature to throw on this yeah. thing. It doesn't feel like pieced together. It actually no. feels like it has intention. It has purpose. So Lil Wayne can <laughs> take his 2000 Dodge Charger and throw a new engine in it and hit 500 brake horsepower. <laughs> like it, it was a really great track. And this album's littered with them. I think the Brennanem, Sistanem, like contrast in the middle was mm-hmm. really amazing. I like, I think one of the better times you have the transition double rap song thing going on is at the end with Louder 2 when you have that like really bassy intro. And then yep. the, I assume like Raven, Lene, and Aaron, Alan Kane trading lyrical parts near the end. It's all really nicely laid out and i think there's even a lot of deep messaging and thoughts in here that's just going to take me a little while to sit through and i will say there are not a lot of rap records i can maybe name three this year off the top of my head being cheat codes the danger mouse black thought i'll be just reviewed and then uh mr morale of course but records where I feel like they're rap albums that came out this year that I can listen to multiple times and sink my teeth into because there's a lot of depth there. When I don't just like get the idea on first or second listen, like I feel like there's more of a story here that I can even get into. I, mm-hmm. I don't fault an artist. Like I think Kendrick's was very, very... Like, it, it was forward like it was very clear like the stuff he was kind of talking about it didn't require a lot of like introspection and digging into the lyrics there's so much going on with jid it allows you to dig deeper i don't necessarily have a preference for either or except for when it's like hitting you over the head too much with it but i think this strikes a really good balance i like that i'm going to be able to dig way deeper into this album hopefully there's a lot of music yeah, coming there's, out there's dude there's so much music coming out like it's absurd uh, more on that, and throughout the year, I'm gonna have a heart attack. The month of October is gonna like that's gonna break us. It's gonna literally break 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 all of us. Uh, I've told- broke my camera talking about it right now. Yeah, um, yeah. O- overall, it's a fantastic record. I absolutely love it. There's so much that I want to get into more of this record, like listening wise. It's just it's gonna be it's one of those records. It's like Mr. Morale where it's going to take me several listens to really dissect all of it and get it. But there's already a bunch of sounds I like. I like surround sound. I fucking love that track. Can't punk me with earth gain. Love that track. The stars with the Austin Bay. Love it. So all these tracks are, I'm like, this just, I'm just going to keep listening to keep diving in. And then it's going to make me even want to get through more of the record and just keep dissecting it. Keep letting it marinate into my system of, what i like about it so it's impressive i love it absolutely love it we encourage other people to do the same with this record really let it marinate really let it sit in there um this is really good stuff rap is having like dare i say it rap is back (laughs) i i'm I'm gonna be very cautious with it right now because this october this fall is very alternative electronic heavy but you know rap releases tend to be kind of very surprised like you know around the corner okay i find out two weeks notice so we'll see what happens but dare i say rap was losing me for a little bit just like electronic was losing me for a little bit but 
we're, we're coming back around. We, we have some gems out here very well. This is, this is quite a year of music. Yep, it really is. Um, arbitrary scale. <laughs> Um, Surprise this week. <laughs> Surprise um, we do arbitrary scales man, every week on our we do arbitrary scales every yeah. week on audio face because our review is our review and so why not make it more complicated instead of just listening to what we just said about the review than giving it an arbitrary scale to make you guess how we think about it yeah exactly so this week uh for no reason is classified government documents um does this thing to be u.s documents or any government documents any government documents any government document. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yo, uh, this is going to be, this is the, um, you know those like ice cream talentis that you get from the store that like have mm-hmm. gelato with like little crumbles yeah, in them? Yeah. That's like that for audio face for us. Occasionally we have to do like a full episode that's just very indulgent for us. And you know, we could do a little bit of Tim Pool. We do a little bit of a, uh, you know, we did a little free news portion for, for the, me- yeah, for, for the future. Look at that. A uh, little indulgent for us. So this is the classified documents from the Republic of North Vietnam when Lay Zwan ousted um, Ho Chi Minh during the Vietnam War. <laughs> I was not expecting you to go this hard and this fast. <laughs> Dude, I have way more. You don't even know. <laughs> Off the top of you. Usually I provide lists. I didn't give him a list, audience. Just you know that. You didn't give me a list. It's just that's the first thing that popped in my head. I was like, when Lay Zwan took over and just fucked everything. I'm going to give the MI5 documents on the Irish nationalists. Just for no apparent reason. Return to Catholicism, baby. I, I saw a great Brandon meme that was uh, Joe Brandon lifting weights, saying uh, on the phone apparently with the Pope, saying, Yes, Father, my debt jubilee will definitely attack the Protestant worth ethic. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That is amazing. I need to see that one. Yes. Um, all right, moving on. Next album of the day, also served up Gary's way. We have In Loving Memory by Black Bear. It is 12 songs, 38 minutes long. Um, Black Bear, uh, have we done a Black Bear record on this podcast? Yeah, I feel like we've done an EP. I think and we did Misery Lake. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah the EP uh, last year we did that. Yeah. And, you know, Black Bear Fair as alternative pop emo rock type stuff yeah yeah there's a little bit of trap in there definitely not for everyone i think it's a good way this brings it to a pop level um the genre level qualms that i have with this like type of music where i think the subject matter is very like one-dimensional and very like small I, I could also argue, but like while I was listening to it, I could say I could have the same complaints for rap music sometimes, but like you just have to know where to find it. This is definitely not going to take you to any new levels of um, intelligence or thought here. But you know, there are some songs here that are okay. I think that most of these songs here I could go without, but what do you think? It's okay. I mean, the issue is the genre was cool in like 2003. Um, but since then it's just, it's so one dimensional and so stagnant. Like, um, I mean, you have artists like Machine Gun Kelly and stuff trying to revival it, but he had a fucking awful record this year that is definitely going on the nuked quid, quid quo quo Hawaii worst flat music on scorched earth. Um, 
I got to figure out what the hell this year is. Um, nuke documents, maybe. Labor Day weekend. Anyways, uh, Labor Day weekend, student. I'm going to need like six cans of Red Bull, maybe some Coke. What? Um, with this record, like you get a better version of like what MGK was trying to do and trying to sound like blending the pop. Letting pop with your emo rock, with your alt rock, and some trap flares and other things. But then you just get very one dimensional and just stagnant throughout like the middle of the record. Except like Broken World and Painkiller, like, all right, just seems like a Three Doors Down song from like 2006. Okay, cool. It's just nothing spectacular with it. Production's all right. Lyrics are all right. But in the words of Huey Freeman, it just means eh. Like, that's just the record. That's just the record to me. There were some moments of this that I thought had potential, especially surrounding the features. I thought Toxic Energy with Burt McCracken would be used. was a fairly good combination of the two working together counterpoint uh go fuck yourself with machine gun kelly was i felt like the worst of both artists oh god yeah i was waiting to get to that yeah go fuck yourself brutally bad episode of euphoria back to the wall for storia do not disturb on the door while she's screaming my d-i-c-k-b-i-g like notorious don't know who that dude on your story is but you dumb as fuck for like, ignoring this machine kelly is just really shit <laughs> and it really proves to me because like he had a like pretty big fans and stuff here there and i was like well let's let's get, give him a chance this year and this record was dog i was like maybe it's just like a flop this year happens and with this feature is just Bad. The production, the random trap beat you get in the middle of the song as well throws it off. It's just I don't really very, very understand bad. his appeal. Like I I get it, I'm not in the target demographic for his appeal. But I still don't get it. Because at one point I was, and I understand some stuff like that, but I you I gotta still don't get to Paramore it. and shit. Yeah. Hollywood Undead. Fucking something. Let me a goddamn bone here. <laughs> Yeah, but I, yeah, it's just again, it's you know the same tropes: love, drugs, sex, same shit over and over again. We've heard it a thousand. And times And it's just like only those three. It's really like only those three. That's it. That's that's it. Love, like, drugs, sex, depression. Those four. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, four. And um, exactly. And emo, maybe fans of the genre will say, "Hey, you know, rap, rap, raps about the same stuff." All I have to say is "Auntie Diaries" by Kendrick Lamar, and then just shut everybody up. And like um, there are, and I will say this every single time we do one of these things. It happens maybe once every ten or fifteen episodes. 
there are artists in this genre who make lyrically more interesting yeah. things, who make production-wise more interesting things. This is not it. Nope. It's definitely not it. And, um, yeah, there isn't much to go into it. It's yeah. okay. It's eh. What's eh supposed to mean? It's eh. I don't know. Eh. Arbitrary skill. This is audio face. Our review is our review. We're not going to give you a number ranking system because we just told you how we feel about it. So we're just going to make you guess instead. I think this is going to be uh, when Trump released the UFO papers. And it was essentially what we already knew. <laughs> That's a good one. I, I, I like that a lot. It's like, um, it's like the government. Hey, guess what? The government knows about aliens. It's like, well, yeah, we all knew the government knows about aliens. <laughs> it's like we all knew the government's right. hiding stuff from us about aliens. It's like, what are they hiding? And they told us stuff. Yeah. But they weren't really clear or specific. They don't know where the aliens are from. They don't have any photos better than what we've already seen. Like, I'm expecting the federal government to have better information than the History Channel. Right. History Channel, like, 3 a.m. Um, this is... <laughs> I just love that the History Channel does UFOs. <laughs> right. This is definitely... When the fall of the Soviet Union happened and the legally redacted unclassified uh, classified documents of Chernobyl nuclear um, disaster popped out. And some of it was still legally redacted and it can never be found ever again. And you're, you never will know the full horrible scale of it. Shout out to the Russian soldiers this year who decide just like march and kick up sand all around Chernobyl. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes is all I'm going to say. Anyways, next album, last album of the week, we have Muses, Will of the People, 10 songs, 37 minutes long, and Muse is a very storied band, both on this podcast and in the world. They are one of the few rock bands out there that still fill stadiums around the world. Um, their songs have been in music, in car commercials, they've had their rises and falls and uprise, the name of the Muse bonus that we did on Audio Face that you can listen to wherever you get podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. Or become a Syndicate 23 member and watch the thing on video, join.syndicate23.co. But that being said, Sean and I have liked Muse albums. We've disliked Muse albums. And we felt that they definitely have had some of the, I guess, hardest to rock with points of their career in the last decade. But their mm-hmm. past one, maybe even two albums, well, I'd say like definitely Simulation Theory, as I was like, we just did the bonus episode and I was just going back and editing it. We felt like that left them on a good note right here. Yes. Well, the people uh, leaves them on a better note. <laughs> it's definitely one of my favorite return of forms I've listened to in a long time. Um, this is up there when Coldplay released their 2019 record. I forget what record that's called. Uh, Everyday Life, I think. Off the top of my head. Whatever album that came out in 2019, and then their last album that they turned out was absolute dog shit, and they had a shit on all of my points I had approved before, ironically. Um, but this is definitely a step in the really good direction for Muse. It is... Stadium rock at its finest. Um, it is them really going back to like your early era muse, like showbiz era songs. Um, you know, like I also get songs of like um, Assassin and stuff from their from their second record and Plug and Baby sound. Like it's a lot of that, but mixed 
into a stadium sound. So them kind of exploring ideas that they had maybe 20 years ago, even further than 20 years ago, that they couldn't do on a scale at that point in their careers, but they can do on a scale now. Example, like, um, honestly, the only track I really don't like on here is the opening, The Will of the People. I think it's all right. It's just, I really don't like the chorus part. It just gets annoying after a while. I really like the production. I like the, the, the rock of it and everything. It's just like... You don't have to say will the people a thousand times. I, I totally agree with that. I will say that it, actually one of my favorite views has matured sort of, but not quite, but almost moments. Because if you listen very carefully to that song, there's one point where they switch will of the people to will of the sheeple. And it's like, oh shit, I didn't even notice that. That's uh, hilarious. It's like, ah, uh, God damn it. I did the mic thing where you're just like, it's like, ah, muse. <laughs> it never changed. <laughs> you're always there. Um, and yeah, I actually looked at the, up the lyrics. There is one time, just one time in the song, in the entire chorus, where they just fuck around with it once and go, Will of the Sheeple. <laughs> because, That's but for Muse, a band where I've complained about their political undertones, mm-hmm. overtones being like very much hitting you over the head, as I was kind of complaining about earlier in Audio Face, or con- contrasting it to earlier in this episode. I felt like this, that song and this album. Muse is still a political band. They're still like making those like 100%. points and those ideas clear. But this is the most understated while still being apparent like sort of record ever. I think this all music records have something to do with dystopia. I think this has something to do with mob mentality and when you have, you know, like kind of crowds taking over. I think Will of the People is sort of that idea that like, hey, we're just listening to what po- the populace say, whether the populists are right or wrong. And I, I get some of that in all these other different things here, but of course it's also a muse record that has, you know, rock themes of love, but also a muse record of, you know, rock themes of existence and being. Yeah. But yeah, Will of the People, I think you could go either way with that track, totally. Yeah. Compliance, really nice muse track. I think it's great as the second track. Um, gets you more into electronic side and everything, and it sounds like, yeah, this is a muse track this is a muse record like this is definitely like what they sound like but i actually enjoyed it a lot i like how it slows down speeds back up and everything gets into it liberation to me the third song is where i'm like okay this is becoming a really good album Because it slows it down because this beautiful rock ballad that's almost like modern Queen-esque is how like I would say the sound is. Like Matthew Bellamy's voice this has not sounded better. It's just beautiful with it. The production, everything, all the subtle over so all the subtle undertones of their political messaging and stuff throughout it is really lovely too. And it's just to me it's like them at their best of 
all I think about when I'm listening to Liberation is like, yeah, damn, that's going to sound amazing in a stadium. Like, you feel the O2 with that, and just hearing that beautiful ballad with the piano, it's just going to be amazing live. And there are, t- and- there are times when we've complained about Muse kind of being too full of themselves. It's funny because that was an early complaint of Muse that critics gave them. And I think that's kind of continued throughout their career, even though I think they own up to it more. Like we've always said stadium rock because like, it's really kind of like massive. It feels like it deserves to be in a large place, but I feel like in this record, especially with tracks like liberation, there's a point in Muse's career where a song like liberation would have been 17 minutes long. And they would have just been like waving their dicks for like 14 minutes the entire time, going like, we're the best rock band in the world, la da 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 da. But like, <laughs> no, they've, they've muted themselves down. They know they don't need to overperform. Uh, they have gotten the chip off their shoulder of like needing to make the yes. best record possible. And now they're just, they've hit the point of where they're making art that they like. And they're also making art that's just like yes. very good, that fits the quality of, you know, the Muse quality seal of approval, which, again, there are a lot of, there are a couple albums in the decade that I couldn't give that to. Well, I'll leave the specifics of the Muse bonus. Yeah. 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 Uh, once that down, really nice, hard rock, hard hitting vocals. It's just like screechy towards the end. Matt's just like literally screaming into the mic, and it's really good energy picking up. Love that track. And it goes into Ghosts. In parentheses, how can I move on? Oh my god, what a fucking track! Yeah, beautiful. It, it compliments Perfect liberation. So, yeah, it super compliments like the whole beginning of the record, and it's just like it's. I love it. Like I, like, I can't say much more than that. It's just I love the placement of it, everything, the lyricism in it. Just you feel all of it, and the piano is beautiful. Yeah, it. I. I, I kind of like on my third listen to this record. I feel like Liberation, Ghosts, and maybe Euphoria can serve as definitely not interlude tracks because interlude usually implies like, oh, this only serves the purpose of getting you from one part of the album to another. It serves that purpose very well, but they're also damn good tracks and they're softer things than you expect from Muse. But of course, Muse is very capable of doing that. They're very good at doing that. But I think by spacing these songs out it's the best execution of their space Mm -hmm. opera space rock opera kind of like sound that they always try to incorporate in all their records um you make me feel like it's halloween wonderful ballad it's like it's gonna it should be on every person's halloween playlist like forever Um, it's a great track. It, I, I feel some DNA of earlier Muse in that song as well. It's very fun. The, the boys just like having a good time in that track. You get the electronic flair that you also got from Compliance. And yeah, like you almost get some like youthful exuberance in here, which is amazing for a band that's been around since the mid to late 90s. I think we remarked in the, earlier in the episode, they're almost as old as Radiohead. Yeah, they're pretty close to Radiohead, actually. Yeah. Um, which is insane. Another thing we haven't, but, other than you know the usual specs we do on the podcast, 
Thank God Muse made a sub 40 minute record in 2022. Yes. Yes. They needed to be short like this. It needed to be to the point and everything. And it's, there's not one song out of place. There's no real filler in this record. It all flows well together. You have, as you alluded to earlier, you have those tracks that are slower, but they're beautiful transition pieces that make this record flow. Because if it was all just, you know, kill or be killed and we are being fucked for 40 minutes, or sorry, we are fucking fucked for 40 minutes, by the way, I will get to that song in a minute. Um, it would have just been stagnant and I would be like, oh, music are going backwards or maybe that's it. Like the last album, uh, last good album maybe was Simulation Theory. Like they don't have it anymore. But with this, it shows me like they are really having fun making art that they want to do. They are making tracks that they've wanted to make for a long time, but maybe weren't confident enough in it. Maybe they didn't have like the means to do it and whatnot. And now they do, you know, having the history that they've had and having the illustrious careers that they've had. They're like, you know, I want to make what I want to make. And you get that. An example, the last track, We Are Fucking Fucked, is amazing as an ender. It's just like in your face, just doesn't care like how political it is. And just the production, everything, it's just great. And it's old new muse at its best. Truly. <clears throat> I was very happy. Like I was, you know, coming off of the muse bonus, I was very happy with how it turned out. I was like, you know, I really have a new appreciation for doing muse, not having having listened to that episode, but just producing that episode. And I listened to this record the first time and I was like, I must be having first listen bias to this because I like this much more than I expected to like a Muse record in 2022. Yep, me too. Then I listened to it the second time and I was like, God damn it. They got me. <laughs> it's a really good record. And, but like, I, I'm not actually angry. I'm very happy that, you know, Gorillaz, Muse, it. Radiohead, those are like my top three bands when I was a kid. I can safely say that all three of them are still good. There are a lot yeah. of bands that I can't say that about right now. And for the people who have those bands as their number ones, rip to you. But <laughs> I'm very happy to be able to say that. And you know what? Muse is probably the shakiest of those three. <laughs> Gorillaz has had some. Gorillaz has had some moments, but I'd say Muse has been the shakiest of those three. But they really turned it around. I would be happy with this being their last record. I would definitely be happy with this being their last record. Yep. And maybe they do like a couple EPs or random singles here or there. Great. But as like a full LP, I would be very happy with it just chilling. Muse of all uh, bands should be taking the Johnny Greenwood, Tom York route and start like scoring films and TV shows. Yeah, 100%. I mean, maybe they kind they, they did a little bit of that shortly in like the 2008s, like early 2010s era, I feel like. So. I feel like they could definitely do that again. They should. I mean, they wrote the song for the Olympics. God damn it. Um, more for the Muse bonus, which people should definitely check out. I think I'm going to release one of the retro reviews from that just okay. to see like how the audience reacts on YouTube to old reviews like classics. Um, you know, because I, I think those are really good ones. But anyways... Arbitrary Scale, we do Arbitrary Scales every week on Audio Face because our review is our review. If we gave it a numerical rating or a letter grade or something like that, it would uh, 
just make unnecessary comparisons that would get our email inboxes filled with um, nerds complaining instead of sponsorship emails, which is what I'm actually looking for. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, this week it's classified government documents from any government. Sean, what will this be? Pentagon Papers, baby. Ooh. I think I'll, Beautiful. I'll go with the Panama Papers. Panama Papers. I'm more of an econ guy, so... Yeah, you are kind of an econ guy. I'm more of a, you know, uh, policy guy. Yeah, deep state guy. <laughs> yes. I like deep, I like my deep state. <laughs> Together on PowerPoint, we collide. <laughs> hence hence the, the three choices I made. <laughs> yeah. Um, wonderful arbitrary scale for Muse accidentally. Deadass, yeah. Um, also, oh, that's, that's it of the, of the normals, for the normals. Yes, in the members portion of Audio Face, we're going to have, as we kind of teased earlier, Megan the Stallion and Offset having a little bit of label drama. Um, some yep. updates on the R. Kelly thing, and you know, I don't love everything about our fun note in Audio Face, but you know, you win some, you lose some, and in this case, I'm just going to take the W for the fact that one of the chain smokers got injured. More on that <laughs> in the members portion. Uh, Sean wasn't me to play us out. Uh, thank you for listening to Audio Face. Um, you can follow us at Audio Face Pod on Twitter, Instagram. Um, you could follow me, SW Suarez, on both if you if I trust you. You can follow Dan at Dan from the Internet on Instagram, at Dan from the Web on Twitter. Is it at Dan from the Web on TikTok as well? Dan from the Internet on Twitch. Sorry, Dan from the Internet on t- No, yes, Dan from the Internet on TikTok. Dan from the internet on Instagram. So Instagram and TikTok are the same. And then and Twitter then and Twitch are the same. Ah, there we go. That's Dan how I the remember web on Twitter, Dan from the web on Twitch. That's how there I remember it in my head. Cool. I like that. I will remember that as well. You can also go follow the show on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash audioface pod um, where we post our clips and stuff. And we saw like a couple of y'all commenting on our service on pickups review, which is amazing because goddamn that album is fucking good and listen to it more, please. Um... Yeah, thank you for listening to Audio Face. Um, we're off next week. Thank you for reminding me. Yes, we are off next week because our cheeks are about to get clapped by the October release schedule. We'll talk about that a little bit more in the members portion. But um, yeah, we're going to take our non-labor labor day so we can do honestly some admin work instead of doing the yeah. episode. So we'll still be working. But um, if you need more Audio Face, check out that damn Muse bonus. All right. That's your damn homework. Uh, we're gonna have many yep. more bonus episodes, and in fact, we're gonna have so many bonus episodes this week, this rest this year. Not only will it make your head spin, some of them are gonna stay members exclusives because these are really good episodes, and um, gonna need y'all to start paying up. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> without, we got Hello Records coming out. So, without further ado, cheers. Cheers.